Hi everyone, welcome to the 25th SAMA episode. Now, uh, this week we've got um, Dr. Jennifer Daniels with us. Now, we've asked um, Dr. Jennifer Daniels several times to be on our show, but but she's obviously a very busy woman. But she succumbed to our begging and she's with us now today. So thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. Now, now, um, as an introduction, you've um, graduated from Nottingham High School in uh, Syracuse in 1975. You attended uh, Harvard and Radcliffe College. Now, I noticed that with your qualifications, you always seem to distinguish with honours and, and um, <laughs> you, um, distinguishes a National Merit Achievement Scholar and a Radcliffe National Scholar. And after majoring in biology, you received your BA degree in honours. Uh, one other thing I noticed as I was reading through this is that you don't muck around, you do things very quickly because um, you received your medical degree as an MD and your MBA concurrently, would you believe, after four years. <laughs> oh, this is actually amazing. And then, and you're familiar with natural therapies, diet, lifestyle, supplements, cleansing and herbs. Mm-hmm. And so you're actually a very remarkable person. <laughs> and when, oh, when you... And, and when we're looking at this in the subjects, we asked you, you know, what your, you know, what things you'd like to talk about. And we looked at your videos. We're thinking, well, what, what can't we talk about? And there's, and so we had to narrow it down. And so we thought, well, the two things we'd really love to know about, because we know, we know next to nothing about is pure, pure, pure turpentine and your views on the uh, medical system and, and, and murder. <laughs> so, <laughs> And 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 um, already we've I think we've broken the records for the number of uh, attendees that we've got on. It's it's it, I can't thank you enough for being on board. And so I'd like to um, jump in the deep end. Okay, I'd love for you to start talking straight about turpentine because um, okay we did a a test in the video and audio and um, we're talking about turpentine. How I associate turpentine with paints. And then you sort of smacked me around the ears and started talking to me. Can you, can you repeat what you said at that time so our, our, our audience knows what, um, what, you know, pure turpentine is all about, what it is? Okay. Um, turpentine is also paint thinner, but not all paint thinner is turpentine. That's important to know. Yes. Uh, turpentine was uh, first and foremost used in um, really throughout human history, but most recently in colonial America, uh, in the 1700s, um, as healing and as medicine. And it used to be the one and only medicine used for everything. The only question was, how is the turpentine prepared? What did you mix it with? How did you take it? But it was literally used to cure arthritis, pneumonia, um, kidney problems, heart problems, skin problems, uh, respiratory problems. So. It was the one cure-all. Uh, in fact, if you refer to the Merck Manual in 1899, you will see under every single disease, uh, turpentine is listed as a remedy. And Merck, if you're not familiar, is a drug company, and they publish a book every year called the Merck Manual, which tells doctors what the optimal treatment is for each affliction. And, um, so what happened then was turpentine had to be dethroned, so to speak. Its use had to be wiped out so pharmaceuticals could be introduced. And the method for this was uh, compulsory schooling. 
So when compulsory schooling was introduced, children were not told in school about turpentine. They were separated from their parents and their grandparents who were using turpentine. And so, and the uh, government put out, this is in the United States, I can't speak for Europe, put out a, a disinformation program telling parents to get turpentine out of the house is going to kill their children, it was legal, it was deadly, get rid of it. And I grew up as a kid in the, uh, in the 50s and 60s, and I remember those announcements, relentless, endless. And so what's happened then is this is now from uh, you know, 1900s, about three or four generations later, and the knowledge is just all but lost. And so I had to go researching and looking for it when I realized that the stuff I was trained to do in medical school was absolutely deadly. It was not only ineffective, but it was actually harmful and deadly. So my medical practice, I was using diet and exercise and a few supplements very successfully. People were getting cured from diseases that I was taught in medical school were incurable. Uh, however, as soon as they made a little misstep, maybe they had a piece of bread or ice cream, boom, they were back on their back. And so I said, this is, there must be some way to restore a person to their pre-disease state. And uh, so I said about looking for what that was and I found turpentine. And the whole story, which is you know, quite a gripping story, is in a free report on my website at vitalitycapsules.com, if you can get the free report there. And so what I found was that turpentine is quite safe and very effective. And uh, what you do have to get turpentine, does have to be pure. Um, turpentine is the oil distillate of the sap of the pine tree. There are many species of pine, um, they all work. The best is balsam fir, balsam pine, and that is the legendary uh, preparation that was used in the uh, 18 and 1900s, early 1900s. And um, that's why balsam uh, is so valuable. There's even balsam of Peru, you know, so this is the top notch is balsam. But you get excellent results even if it's not balsam. Um, some people ask about essential oils. Turpentine um, is actually not an essential oil, strictly speaking. An essential oil is made from the leaves and the uh, fiber of the plant, and it is a distillate. Uh, pure gum spirits or turpentine is even more pure than that because it's the sap of the tree is what's taken, which means the tree is already ultra purified for you. So now you have the sap, which has already been separated by the tree uh, from the wood fiber and from the leaves. So now you have the sap, and the sap has three components, um, solid, liquid, oil. And when you distill it at a low temperature, that's the boiling point, the oil becomes a vapor, and that oil is turpentine. And so if you just use the sap to heal, you're going to get different results, and it's not going to be as effective as the distilled oil. So the key is, is to not have the water in it. The water actually diminishes the power of the whole healing thing. Now, once you get through with the whole thing, you have a solid part, and that's called pitch, uh, P-I-T-C-H. So the pitch either can be a solid chunk or it can be kind of like a, a tar. And that uh, historically was applied to the skin to get rid of skin cancers. And things. Wow. The pitch in the United States is almost impossible to acquire. So uh, I haven't worked much with that. Why, why is it 
almost impossible to acquire? Is it, is it purposely made difficult to purchase? Um, I think that there's not a huge market for it, number one. Number two, not much of it is produced at the end of the distillation process. So usually it's just uh, thrown away or it's sold as an ingredient in um, household or industrial cleaning products. Gosh, so they're throwing away something so valuable after the after the distillation process because you, you you're saying you put it on your skin for skin cancers. You can, yeah, you can put it on your skin. There are a lot of things you can do with the with the pitch, but the pitch is extremely powerful, and the safety uh, the margin of safety for the pitch is not as great as Wow, so if it's if um, the pure turpentine is from the sap of the pine tree, what does it still mm -hmm. have that taste? Because I mean, every child is, uh, well, maybe it's only me, <laughs> put some sap of pine trees in their mouth and chew it and they realize it doesn't, isn't quite bubble gum. It's got quite a strong uh, taste. That's why it's usually made with syrup. So historically, it's been made with sugar as a syrup. And you probably remember the Mary Poppins. Uh, film and they just think it's a nice little soft spoonful of sugar helps it helps the medicine go down. The medicine they're referring to is different. Really? Wow. I I didn't I didn't put those two together. And most people don't, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. And so it was really the turn of the well from at the very start of the nineteen hundreds that is it Merck or Merkel? Um when they Merck. Merck, Merck. when they did their um their propaganda campaign, I guess you could call it. To, um, well, the Merck manual, I mean, they listed turpentine truthfully as the cure for each and every disease in the manual. So, you know, that, but they started producing the manual, yes, at that time. And so what they did over time is they uh, dropped turpentine as a cure. If you get a recent edition of the Merck manual, you know, uh, say within the last 20 years, it will list turpentine as universal poison um, that you should not ever ingest. And so if you get a turpentine can, from 1990, which is when I first started using turpentine, it will tell you on the can to, if you swallow even a drop of it, for guy's sakes, call your doctor. Unfortunately, they hadn't briefed the doctors on what to do, so doctors were like, oh, no, if you case, we're going to And so now they say, you need to get back in the can. It says, call poison control, go to the emergency room, because they couldn't count on the uh, regular family doctor to create a mountain out of a molehill, to, to pretend that there was danger when there wasn't. Mm. Now, you did say at the very beginning that pure turpentine is, is very different to paint turpentine, and I guess... No, 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 it's the same. It's the same. So in other words, pure turpentine will thin your paint. Okay. But not all paint thinner is turpentine. For example, xylene is paint thinner. It will thin your paint. But in very small doses, it will kill you. So you don't want to just get pink thinner. You want to get pure gum spirit. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's no easy out. You've got to get the real deal. Correct. There's no easy. There's not. I mean, that's not an easy out. So the um, to men to make turpentine if it's, if it's just a distillation process for using the sap from a pine tree. Does the pine tree die when they use the sap, or do they just tap into the bark? And get a stream. Um, they used to tap, uh, actually, now they tap into the bark. And so the, the process is quite superficial, so it does not kill the tree. Um, in the old days, they did use to kill the tree. But now they realize they don't have to go that deep just to get the uh, sap. Because with um, 
with a deforestation that's taking place for, in every country that I know of. Um, um, the deforestation is a separate issue. So harvesting turpentine does not cause deforestation. Okay. In the United States, what happens is, is they grow pine trees for boardwood, for making houses and things. Yes. Um, and so those forests, they grow for wood, they actually rent out and allow people to go in and tap to get the turpentine. And so the tree earns money for them while it's growing yes. to make wood, and then they harvest the tree that they planted and uh, grow more trees. Okay, well, that, that makes good sense. So um, you can grow a tree, get the sap from the tree, and then harvest the tree for the wood for the houses, because pine tree is quite a common, a uh, pine timber. Is quite right. a good, it's quite good. It's a, you know, it's a good, a good uh, building timber to use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's there's no catch, is there? There's no, there's no downside. But no, I, I know in, in many countries, um, they grow the trees, they harvest mm-hmm. the trees, and they use the timber, but they don't do the other process of, of which is probably more valuable, which is um, harvesting the bark. The bark is just removed from the tree. Right, they harvest the bark and they'll grind it up and get turpentine from the bark. That's not as good a quality as getting it from the sap. Oh, I understand. So if you... Also, they'll grind up, like they say, when you harvest a tree for boardwood, there's waste. They'll take that waste, grind it up, and uh, apply steam and pressure and heat to expel the sap from it, but also expels chemicals from the actual wood itself. That's called wood turpentine, and that's not as good as the pure gum spirits. Okay. So how would you know whether your the turpentine has got the wood turpentine or whether it's purely from the bark? Yeah. It says so on the uh, can. So on the can, it will say wood turpentine, in which case this is not pure gum spirits or turpentine. So pure means 100% pure. Gum means uh, solid residue is left over it after the turpentine is distilled. Okay. From the okay. sap. So pure gum spirits is exclusively from the sap. If that's not the case, it'll say wood turpentine, which is from raw wood chips. I understand. Now, with uh, because turpentine has been suppressed for such a long period of time, um, and there's not many manufacturers or suppliers of the turpentine, people that are watching this video will be wondering now. Okay, I've I've, I've heard I've I've converted over. You know, my mind is converted to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to embrace turpentine. <laughs> How, how, how do people get it? Because I've never seen pure turpentine. Well, first of all, I'd like to say what has really happened as far as it being suppressed. The, some of the medical information about it has been suppressed, but the question of why has turpentine not been produced in large quantities? The answer is the chemical synthetic substitutes for turpentine are about half to one-fifth the price of turpentine. So now people, when they build houses and they need a paint thinner, they'll go get the fake, dangerous, poisonous stuff to use. And so the market has shifted. So literally, if you go to a hardware store, you look at a can of turpentine or a can of chemical uh, lethal uh, paint thinner, the paint thinner is actually like uh, one-third to one-fourth the price. And so because of that, the builders have shifted away from turpentine to synthetic stuff. So that's really what's happened. And now, as more people become aware of the healing properties of turpentine, and people are willing to pay a lot more for medicine, then I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a shift back to increase production of turpentine. I hope so. I hope so. I um the 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 um the chemicals turpentine uh, alternative that 
is mm -hmm. the the, uh, the thinness which smells very differently. It's got it's very yeah, it does smell differently. It certainly tastes differently. I took it once by accident, and um, as soon as you get a little bit in, you feel like oh my god, my insides have been stripped or dissolved. It's like oh, <laughs> so don't do it. Really, really can carefully, carefully, carefully. And it needs to say one hundred percent pure gum spirits. Pure double spirits, did you say? Turpentine? No, pure gum. Pure gum, like chewing gum. Pure gum spirits. I understand. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because to, to drink something which has been for 100 years, 117 years, been, you know, being announced as being a poison, <laughs> takes a bit of right. time. So <laughs> you, got, you want to make sure that it's... it's and, and also, I guess, yeah. even if it is... Um, derived from the from gum from the tree, how do you know that the the um, the hygiene standards are sufficient? You know that it's, it is food quality. How would you know? I think once you get that far, I don't think it much matters. You've pretty much jumped all the hurdles. So if it's pure gum spirits or turpentine, then you know you're you're good to go. Okay, but there's different temperatures that people can use, or different different procedures of, of or different ways of extracting the turpentine. You can use high temperature to, to get... No, you can't use high temperature. If the temperature is too high, then the water will vaporize as well. And then you'll have water at the bottom of your, of your bottle. Oh, so uh, you have, it does have to be pretty low temperature. Otherwise, you're not going to get turpentine. You're going to get uh, water, vapor, and all kinds of other junk in there. And you can easily see that in the bottle because uh, water will settle out the bottom and have a you know, so, so in the you know in the early 1900s, when um, all turpentine was gum turpentine, someone would go into the garage, open up a paint thinner's bottle. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. And if you're really fussy, and if you're rich, because back then people were super super poor. If you're rich, you have two cans: one from your medicine you drink when you needed it, and the other one. Uh, you know, to use for paint. It's one of those things that's so stupid, it's got to be true. <laughs> well, like, you, know, you can research it, try it out yourself, you know, test those. So you don't have to believe it. You know, you can always, there's okay. ways to verify well, it. I do intend to find some, but I've got to, uh, in, in my mind, I've got to think, well, it's got to be food grade. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be. It is not that complicated. This has been done uh, throughout all cultures, all the world by illiterate people. Um, you know, we have been conditioned to really overthink things a lot. We have been conditioned to look for government certification for uh, degrees and training and that, 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 that. All of that stuff is um, fabricated, um, unnecessary, and designed to, to deceive us. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Now, um, we've had a lot of questions coming because um, you're, you're, you're one of our <laughs> lovely... Um, guest experts, um, and um, one of these is um, asking, um, explaining, asking for you to explain in detail the external use of turpentine for liver cleansing. Now, I didn't know that you could use it for external. Is, is, is oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, get the uh, candy cleaning report from vitalitycouncils.com. It talks about uh, topical application, internal application, there's a lot. Uh, there's inhaled applications, there's all kinds of ways to use uh, turpentine. And you have to remember, this is something that cured absolutely everything. Everything was cured in turpentine. 
it was very effective. And some people used it, they swore by it. And literally, um, you had a healer in every home, which was usually the grandmother or the mother. And whatever happened, that person was called and they'd done on the spot with their bottle of turpentine, a bottle of castor oil. They'd say, okay, which one do we need? Turpentine, castor oil. Was, uh, yeah, that was, that was basically the healing that was, uh, you know, that, that was employed. And so, and people learned this literally at their mother's knee, how to use it. And so people understood the safe use of it. And as of any family, some people had no interest in learning, and which was fine. And they grew up and married someone who didn't know. And so everyone had their in-house healer. That's just the way it was. And when I was a kid, I was born in 57. And when I was a kid, this is in the early 60s, a disease was not taken that seriously. By that I mean, if you were sick, everyone knew it was your own fault. And you could just fix it yourself. And so no one got too hyped up over anything. You know, if you got a bruise, why, you know, you could just fix it. Uh, and if you don't like getting bruised, why just be careful next time? So the whole attitude was one of personal responsibility. And that shifted in the 70s um, when um, health insurance became fashionable. Okay, I'm going to put money in a pool. And uh, then whenever I get sick, it's someone else's responsibility. Well, we see how that worked out. Gosh. You know, if something can't be painted, it's got to be changed, isn't it, or removed? You can't sort of, can't make money out of turpentine, can you? <laughs> Not really, no. Because there's a turpentine you can heal right there in the home. No, no eight hundred dollar or one thousand dollar ambulance ride. No ten thousand dollar emergency evaluation, and no four day thirty thousand dollar hospital stay. So it really eliminates a lot of stuff. So you have a bottle of turpentine, which might. Uh, or a can, bottle of can, which might sell for a whopping ten or fifteen dollars, and if it just saves you one trip to the emergency room, you save thousands. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, can turpentine be used topically for internal organs? I think this is what this. Yes. Is. Yeah, you can put it over the internal organ that you're concerned about. And so, in other words, you can put it over the lungs with a lung problem, over the kidneys with a kidney problem, over the liver with a liver problem, and so on. So, yeah, you need to go ask Dr. Google, get your anatomy straight, figure out where the organ is, <laughs> and just put some uh, turpentine over it. This is really amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, the next question. Another person's asking about constipation. Well, I know that um, your castor oil will sort that out quickly. Um, constipation yeah. and rope um, or other large parasites. Um, they ask so this person goes into great detail, they've been working for five years on it. All I can say is if you've been working for five years, you're doing the wrong thing. So that's, that's that. You can just put down everything you've been doing because it's not the right thing. That I can tell you just like off the bat. Uh, as to exactly what you're doing wrong, it's difficult to sort out, but definitely start by reading um, the Candida Cleaning Report. You can get that at vitalitycouncils.com. Tell me free. Just enter your email address and boom, uh, you get your report. So, Part of healing naturally is the willingness to have humility and say, hmm, if I'm sick, it's something I'm doing. I'm willing to look at what I'm doing and do different things. And if, if your feeling is everything you've been doing is correct and why isn't it working, then there's a logic disconnect there. If everything you're doing is correct, then it would work. So if it's not working, then everything you're doing is not correct. So I had a... Um, 
client that I talked with, uh, it's been over 10 days now, and this person did their research. They bought every electronic um, healing gizmo and laser and this and that, and they were taking all the supplements that they had read about that were so good for this and good for that, and they weren't getting any better. And so finally, this person, you know, purchased the discovery session and went over everything and turned out 100% of his supplements were actually contributing to his illness and making so all these high price supplements, and they were not cheap. Uh, we stopped. I told him the laser, he could do it or not. It wasn't gonna, doesn't make any difference. It's up to him what he wants to do with his time. So, you know, you have to be willing to take a look at what you're doing and change it. Okay, okay. <laughs> term time would be a good, good thing to actually use because it's, um, it's a cure-all, or was a cure-all before they stopped it. Yeah, it's a place to start. If you read the report, the problem is this. If you've never used turpentine, let's say you're an adult, then whatever your age is, you've missed that many years of turpentine use in preparation. And so you have to prepare your body, you have to change a few habits in order to be able to take turpentine without any uh, difficulty or ill effects. What sort of difficulty or ill effects would one expect if... Um... Okay, so this person is, is, is constipated, let's say, and okay. he's having uh, bowel movements uh, four times a week or maybe once a day, that's not enough to take turpentine. So what's happened is the system is filled with a bunch of stuff, we call it junk. And when you take turpentine, all this junk wants to leave all at once. But if you're not pooping at least three times a day, then there is no clear path for this stuff to leave. So it can go to your skin and give you a rash, go to your head, give you a headache, get stuck in your tummy, give you a tummy ache. And so all kinds of things start happening in your body, like, oh my God, what's going on? You can really freak out. Some people call it a cleansing reaction, whatever. Um, but you've got to open up the exit and the channels for the parasites to leave. So it's, it's like being in a crowded um, theater and everyone decides to leave all at once because they think there's a fire. Well, the doors are pretty narrow, there's a lot of people, it's not going to go well. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, you said before about um, combining the, uh, the using. Um, pure turpentine with um, castor oil. Is that the, mm -hmm. Was that the function of the castor oil, making sure that the, what was due, what is being excreted by the body or wants to be excreted is passed quickly and smoothly? Correct, yeah. So the two work together, they're complementary. So the um, turpentine makes your castor oil more effective than the castor oil in pure turpentine. Oh, really? So it's yeah. a full symbiosis, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, a great combination. Yes, yes. Um, in fact, some of these questions are quite long. Um, now, the, um, Tina has asked um, the best method of administering turpentine, <laughs> which I guess is... There is no best method. It's a matter of what the affliction is. Okay. But Each affliction has its own, own optimal method of administration. So um, that's covered in the uh, candidate clinic report. I go over all different kinds of methods of administration. Okay. Now, this report, um, does it... Um, give instructions on quantities of turpentine to drink. Mm -hmm. Yep. And times I've got to read it, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can always pick the interviewer who's done the, who's done their homework, can't you? <laughs> so um, if if you can um, say again the link um, to the to the site that has your um, candida. Yeah, vitalitycapsules.com. Okay, got it. Okay, I'll I'll check that out later. Okay. Um, now, uh, another question was, is there an IV? 
where can it be acquired in us if not there if not if not then where i guess it is in iv ah okay so a lot of times when you're answering a question you have to address the premise yes and um so we're going to address the premise the premise is that intravenous anything is beneficial my personal uh, observation uh, belief and practice that there is no such thing i need as this prefer or better possibly salt water but that would be it okay um the intravenous method of administration has killed so many people has turned so many natural substances into dangerous deadly substances um, so I'm personally not in favor at all of the intravenous method of administration or anything. Um, turpentine is a solvent, and as such, it goes straight through the skin directly to whatever you put it over. And then it's far superior to any intravenous administration method. The other thing the intravenous administration method disregards or doesn't acknowledge is that your body has a very sophisticated internal distribution system. And by not using that, you are overriding that and you are uh, interfering with your body's healing. Right. So um, turpentine works in harmony with your immune system. This is not, you can't use the medical model, which is um, beat the body over the head, overcome all its defenses, and then just uh, you know, step in and cure it. Um, that's not the way natural methods work. So the way the turpentine works is you put it um, through whatever method you decide, whether you inhale it through your mouth, whether you swallow it, whether you apply it topically. Um, and it goes into your body and works with your immune system in a cooperative fashion. When you administer something IV, it does not work cooperatively with your immune system. It could you bypass, uh, you bypass your tonsils, you bypass your digestive system, you bypass the liver, you really bypass absolutely everything. And so the body doesn't have the ability then to modify or control where or how it wants things to go. Okay. Um, what's your take on, I know it's not turpentine, but intravenous vitamin C? I mean, you, you've... Yeah, I haven't really noticed or been aware of people getting, um, you know, phenomenal results from it. What does that mean? That means a lot of people come to me who have tried intravenous vitamin C in the past and it has not solved it. Okay. So, uh, you know, there are lots of ways to take uh, vitamin C. I prefer uh, the oral method and just taking it to bowel tolerance until you get diarrhea. And so the way vitamin C works, when you take it orally, is it goes through to the liver. It helps strengthen the liver. It um, clears out the, the bad guys in the intestines. So a lot of stuff happens in there. Whereas when you're taking it intravenously, all those steps are bypassed. So, you know, uh, for us taking vitamin C intravenously, you know, there's many ways to skin a cat, and I have you, that's not one of them. Okay, okay. Um, one question from Joe. In some states in America, I guess, because I mean, other countries have states, but normally when people say states, it's the big, the big states. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they say, he says that turpentine is no longer legal for sale or use. I well, I mean, I think it is. Legal for what use? Well, for sale or use. They can't, you're not allowed to use, I guess, for human consumption. But I mean, oh, I'm not referring to California. I mean, in which case, you just go across the state line to Nevada and get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, okay. So, so um, 
what they've done in, uh, in California that I'm aware is certain cities have banned its use. Um, also that um, you're not allowed to buy it in certain quantities. But usually if you go to the hardware store, that's where all rules and laws are suspended. So you have to go to the hardware store and you know, get it that way. Yes, it has in most cases been outlawed for human consumption. So you cannot sell it for human consumption. And so what? Just buy it. And if you choose to consume it, consume it. Okay. Is it but all these so-called laws are just methods of intimidation. You know, ultimately, it's your life, it's your body, you make the decision. A lot of people are really, they take great pride in being law-abiding people. Um, and if that's your thing, then, um, you know, maybe different times that. You know, maybe you want to go talk to your doctor, as your doctor says. Um, be obedient. And so if obedience is your number one priority, then taking time for different times so I'm not going to fit in with that. Well, I think your own health yeah. should be the number one priority rather than obedience. No, no, no. Some people, it's obedience, and they're very clear on that. People have come to me and said, no, I'm very clear. Uh, I want to heal, but I don't want to heal from the uh, hardware store. So i got to get my turpentine from some source the government approves of. And they really search long and hard before they find something. And when they find government-approved government turpentine for consumption, it's generally not effective. So... Do you think that um, the authorities will ever add anything to the turpentine so that there's a few people that get ill and then show this up as proof that pure turpentine is bad for your health? You know, they add a poison to methylated spirits, for example, which is, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it's a, it's a poison anyway, but they add something. Right, to Lamotol. Like, like, like there's a, a medicine called Lamotol, which is over-the-counter, and it treats diarrhea and makes you constipated. So the government has added a poison to that, so people only take a certain amount. Okay, so yes, the government does do that. However, um, the problem with turpentine is turpentine is also used as a paint solvent. And so when you adulterate it, it diminishes its usefulness as a paint solvent. And so for that reason, then, the government is, is not really in a position to adulterate it. I mean, if they do, then sales can just kind of plummet. You can't, no one will sell the turpentine. The other thing is the whole idea of buying government-approved anything is, um, is a deception. It's an illusion. And so the idea that the FDA uh, approves something and then it's safe, we know better. Uh, in the United States, over 100,000 people every year, it's just by the government's own count, um, dies as a result of properly prescribed, safe medications approved by the FDA. And so that alone should be evidence that government approval on anything is not a guarantee of safety. And so I think people should abandon that as a criteria for determining if something is indeed safe. One of our um, viewers has asked, um, what, I, mean, I don't know if mineral turpentine would help, but they, um, they're asking about Epstein-Barr virus. <laughs> you must have seen that question too. Okay, Epstein-Barr virus, yeah. So Epstein-Barr virus is an incidental finding. What does that mean? That means that if your immune system is of average competence, it's just not, uh, doesn't cause disease. Okay. And so it's a test people, oh, should be the medical industrial complex can do to get people to submit to costly, invasive, and unsafe interventions. And so what people need to get a grip on is, it's not do you have Epstein-Barr virus, it's are you feeling lousy. 
okay, you feel lousy now, that's what we talk about. But if you feel great, if you have Epstein-Barr virus, and I say, for Christ's sake, ignore it. Really? Like I got, yeah, gosh. Um, <laughs> okay, another question, moving on. Uh, can turpentine even be used to improve migraine headaches? Ugh. So to use turpentine to improve migraine headaches is backwards. So the first thing you have to do is get the free report on how to prepare your body for, for turpentine. And in the course of preparing your body for turpentine, generally the migraines will go away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the last one, which I have here uh, from Valdi, uh, does this protocol uh, work with multiple sclerosis? It's a bit of a, it's, hmm. So multiple sclerosis, all right. So there's different stages of multiple sclerosis, like there are people who can walk, and people who, are, who can't walk, people who are in wheelchairs. Mm. So people who are able to walk, they have multiple sclerosis, actually the vitality capsules have been taken care of. Okay. Um, so vitality capsules, the product I have on my website, um, they'll be available in October. Okay. This is October, but October of 15th. But that has been the best um, thing that I've used. You can, you can use um, turpentine for it, but people have gotten such great results with the vitality capsules that they just use that. Okay. And you think they will be helpful with multiple sclerosis with the different... Um you know, if someone is, is, um, has got advanced stage multiple sclerosis, perhaps, if they've got the tremors and have lost control, I'm not, I'm not sure whether it would help because it's more like a, a, um, a nervous... Well, the question is, is the person walking? So if the person is walking and they're ambulatory, yes. that, that's, the, that's the cutoff. That appears to be the cutoff. Okay. Yeah, so if they're able to get up the stairs, holding on to the railing, pulling themselves up however they want to do it, then usually at that point, uh, things are pretty reversible. Mm. Now, the candidate clinic report would still be helpful for them to understand more about um, their diet and how to heal and stuff. But you know, the report really is pretty comprehensive. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for answering those questions. We're now going to move into the, the other um, questions, the other topic, which is um, talking about um, medicine. Murder by medicine is no accident. And um, we had a fun time during our test session on this one too. So we're going to go down that path again. Now we can see uh, Dr. Jennifer Daniels. She's a very busy woman. She can multitask. <laughs> do many things So I wrote that book many uh, years ago, and yes. I did not have a perfect understanding of murder. So murder is to kill someone without state approval. State meaning the government. So murder means you kill someone and it's against the law, it's unlawful. The state does not approve of it. You don't have the permission of the state to kill the person. For example, when someone is injected um, and killed with the death penalty, let's say, that's not murder, that's just killing. It would be murder if the person performing the injection was not certified and did not have the permission of the government to do so. All right. So the killings that take place as a result of medicine are not murder. And the reason they're not murder is because they're approved by the government. The drugs are approved by the FDA, the doctors are licensed by the state licensing board, the nurses are licensed, even the nurses' aides are now being licensed. The hospitals where they're killed are being are licensed. So every single individual involved in that person's killing is licensed. 
Now, the people that are within government are voted by the people, but the people in the uh, institutions, um, they were voted, that they weren't voted, they were employed by existing, you know, by the, by the management who are pretty much controlled. No, no, no. I've got it wrong. No. Every single individual, every single individual is individually educated and certified by the government. Okay, so they've got to go through the filtering system to ensure that their mindset is aligned. Yes. yes. Yeah. And guess what? They don't like it. They're not going to make it through the, through the education process. Or they won't make it through the licensing process. They will select themselves out. Did you... Now, when did you start thinking along these lines? Because you don't live in America anymore, do you? Or you live in Panama, which is... <laughs> yeah. Was, was part of it because of... The, how, how the medical establishment was, were overjoyed with your points of view? Uh, it really was kind of complicated. Um, a lot of things kind of converged at once. And um, basically what happened was, I think the last straw was a $30 million bank robbery uh, that I became aware of. And I said, oh my God, it's $30 million. I said, how money to steal from a bank? And I said, wow. And I contacted the government authorities thinking that they would stop the bank robbery. And they said, Dr. Daniels, don't worry about it. Go back and practice medicine. Um, a little lady like you can't possibly understand what's going on here. This is just beyond your comprehension. I said, huh? Oh, I'm an MBA from Morgan. I know bank robbery when I see one. And so I contacted the bank. I said, maybe the bank would want to know. I mean, it's okay with the bank. Hey, it's okay with me. It's not my money. So I contacted the bank and said, hey, you know, this $3 million loan you're considering is not ever going to be repaid. This is, this is a bank robbery. Mm -hmm. And I told them all the reasons why they would never see the money. And, uh, so they, the bank, said, whoa. They, they flew in people to Syracuse to investigate and look at this. I said, oh my God, it is a bank robbery. So they uh, refused to make the loan, but I did not know. The governor had been bribed to make sure that the bank robbery went off without a hitch. And so uh, when that fell through, the governor did not want to give back bribe money, but he had to show that he was in charge and he could take bribes in the future. And so then he called the licensing board and they basically took my license away. And then I was placed on two do not employ lists so I couldn't work. Then I was um, placed on the terrorist list so I couldn't travel. And I said, oh, I think That's I have a good. <laughs> And so I, I bought uh, a one-way ticket uh, to Panama. I did look at other countries, but finally settled on Panama because the dollar was its currency, people drive on the right side of the road, and the time zone was uh, lined up with the United States in case any of my friends wanted to call me. <laughs> they drive on the right side of the road. <laughs> well, so left or right, you know, so the, the driving is still on the right side. Now, what, what reason could they possibly pin on you? to do those actions publicly put on you? We both know that. Well, first publicly, the first thing was, well, we think that she's engaging in um, the inappropriate uh, practice of medicine. And they picked a case where a diabetic came to my office with a blood sugar of 467, and in one week I got it down to 135 without drugs. So that was the inappropriate practice of medicine. And I said, wait, wait. But the person got better with therapy. So, well, then uh, a pattern 
of uh, medical uh, inappropriate practices. Well, it can't be a pattern. It's only one case. You need three to make a pattern. And says, well, okay, we want to see all the charts, whether 5,000 or 4,000 charts in your practice, so we can see if you can't find something. And I said, well, no, that's not going to work. If you got one case, if you can't find anything in the one case, you should leave me alone. And they said, okay, now we're going to charge with non-cooperation for not permitting us to search your office. And so that was the ultimate charge with non-cooperation. That's, 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 uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't read about it. That's terrible. Well, I mean, you know, they kind of did me a favor because now I'm in Panama. I like Panama. Things are going great. I like the jungle, living in the jungle. Well, it's, so it's a blessing in disguise in a way, I guess. And, and as you say, it's on the right side oh, yeah. of the way that you drive. So it's not too much of a Oh, no, I don't drive. No, I don't drive. <laughs> the driving here is a pretty aggressive style. So I got down and I whoa, uh -oh, I'm not driving down here. So um, I don't drive. But at least I'm relaxed. I when I see a car coming at me, at least I'm like, oh, the car needs to be lowered right. Instead of reverse, the car would go to the left, which it should do. And I feel like <gasps> I feel nervous all the time. So now I can be a relaxed passenger. Good, good. Now, yeah. viewers be watching you, they, they've probably seen you in other videos. And I do recommend people do, um, to, do look at the uh, videos that um, Dr. Jennifer Daniels has made. That mm -hmm. In all those videos, you've always got the energy, the vitality. And the reason behind <laughs> that is you look after your own health. You don't look at, you don't rely on it. Yeah, yes, I have not had health insurance since 1992. <laughs> and so I've easily saved over $100,000 just um, by not getting involved in the healthcare system. In other words, not even having health insurance. So uh, that's number one. Uh, number two is I just handle what comes up. I handle it myself. And sometimes, um, you, you can't handle it. I say can't handle it, I mean. Uh, you're like, oh, gotta wait this out, see how it goes. And it just clears all by itself. And so I don't have the phone number for the ambulance, for the fire rescue, or for the hospital. I live where I want to. I guess I'm deep in the jungle, on the side of a mountain. Um, if somebody wanted to evacuate me for medical reasons, it would take them at least an hour to find me. That's what they knew exactly where I was. And then a whole other hour to get me to medical attention, whatever that might turn out to be. But because I'm not interested in any of that, I have this incredible freedom, um, not only of living where I want, but my time. I don't have to drive to the doctor, wait in the waiting room, get my appointment, get a drug go to the um, pharmacy, get the prescription filled, come home, show up for a bomb appointment, uh, give up my blood for tests, get it radiated with uh, radioactive stuff for x-rays, none of that. And then sit at home in front of the test results. So it's a, it's a pretty free life, and I have incredible amounts of time that other people don't have because they spend that time um, arguing with insurance companies, going to medical visits, getting tests done, worrying over results. So this is this whole dimension of my being that's freed up for my personal use. It's very exciting. Well, what you're doing is working because, I mean, you're, you're so full of energy and vitality and you're, you yeah. didn't slip your age that when you talked in private and you don't look any... <laughs> <laughs> well, I can talk about my age. It changes these video, right? Because some videos were done years ago. So right now I'm 60 years old, six zero. Now, can you imagine? No, if you're, I've got this little bit of gray here. Oh, I've got to get rid of 
don't like grey. <laughs> 60 years old. You don't talk about grey, by the way. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of grey. You've got the energy. So what, you, what you're doing is living proof. You're sort of like a walking advertisement. And do you tell me, mm. do you take, um, even now, if you're feeling well, do you consume a little bit of um, pure turpentine each day as part of a... Not each day, because again, I'm not anyone else. I'm pretty lazy. And if I'm not feeling great, then I just don't let things slide. So I take turpentine about once every two weeks. Um, sorry, how much? About once every two weeks. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just when you remember to... <laughs> yeah. and, and when, when you, I get around to it. And when you drink it, do you add sugar to, to help it go down, as Mary Poppins said? Do you add... Absolutely, absolutely. Sugar, the, you read the report, the sugar is the vehicle. It distributes the turpentine. It makes the turpentine less toxic. And it's the bait for the bad guys. Oh, right. I've got to read the report. Yeah, so the turpentine is actually quite necessary. The sugar is actually quite necessary. All right. Well, then yeah. Mary Poppins is, I, I, I agree to hate that song with, you know, after hearing it. You know. <laughs> but, uh, but there's actually some, some good lines in it that I have to. Right, right, right. And then um, there's another song, Love Potion Number Nine. Yes. Yeah, that's where the guy drank Love Potion Number Nine and he didn't know if it was day or night, so right. I kissed everything inside. Yeah. And then at 36 and 9, the, the policeman took it and broke his bottle of Love Potion Number Nine and he was yes. so sad. But um, love potion number nine said it uh, smelled like turpentine, looked like India ink. I closed my eyes, I plugged my nose, I took a drink. And so it's talking about turpentine as a way of feeling better, feeling excited, feeling energetic, and being just happy. Exactly. And so, of course, most people just saw that as like, you know, it's kind of a trendy song. But no, the, the answer was right there. <laughs> Gosh. Can you use honey instead of sugar, or is sugar the best? You can, but it's less effective. Okay. Is that oh, oh, I use olive oil. I use honey. Oil. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no miracles there. <laughs> when you're offline, when we're struggling with the hardware, getting everything working, and um, started, you know, at nine thirty, um, I was telling the users that um, this was going to be a colourful summer, and it has been. And, and it's, it's been, you know, some, some, well, most people I look forward to, you know, interview, but I've, we've tried so hard to get you on board and it's been so worth it. Um, thank you so much for coming into our summer uh, webinar. Oh, okay, you're welcome. Sharing your time with us. Um, and so, yeah, thank you. And thank, thank you viewers for watching. This is um, Dr. Jennifer Daniels, number one um, summer expert. Hey, um, I, I'm hoping that um, we have you on again in the near future and on the, some of the other topic, topics that, um, well, all of your topics are interesting, but there's other, other things we'd love to talk to you about. So we're hoping that we can twist your arm and you'll give the nod and, and agree to come on again. Thank you so much. Okay, for just uh, yeah, check with my assistant. She handles the schedule and she'll help okay. you out. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much okay. for your time, Daniel. Thank you for your general okay. knowledge. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was our 25th, our 25th Sama uh, webinar. Sama's uh, Spooky Asked Me Anything. Now, she was an amazing um, guest expert for today. And uh, it's been wonderful with a talk with her. She's such a colorful person, full of energy. She's living proof of um, the health benefits of um, pure turpentine and other modalities that she's using. We'll be discussing that in future episodes. So thank you very much for everyone for viewing. Thank you for the, uh, the participants who asked their questions so we can um, get them answered by the expert. That's what Sam is all about. So thank you once again for viewing. Okay, bye-bye everybody. <laughs>